bonfires burning bright Pumpkin faces in the night I remember Halloween Dead cats hanging from poles Little dead around in droves I remember Halloween Skeletal life is known I remember Halloween this day Anything goes Burning bodies hanging from poles I remember Halloween Hungover from Halloween. That's true. That's true. Yeah, he's hitting the hard stuff. His his spirit's somewhere around. Yeah, I can feel him. Now, do you think he's like down in the milk duds or like he's like? Well, you know, when he gets when he gets around like uh, the Twizzlers, you know, he ain't nothing nice. That's true. That's true. He's like you know, he struck me as a Reese's man. Reese's, yeah. You, did you know that they don't have uh, peanut butter cups in like Australia? No. Why? I don't know. I, I sent them two Count people in out, Australia, man. and they're like, you know, why would you mix chocolate and peanut butter? It's like I think it's like a scientific fact that they they, they work well together. Well, that's a virgin market, man. We gotta, we gotta wow. start exporting. Yeah. We'll make millions. I, that's a good idea. I mean, I think they're more into like, uh, like the Vegemite cups. Ooh. I couldn't live without peanut butter cups, man. I'd end up. Yeah, it's like a soy product and they stuff with Vegemite. <laughs> Although they got good licorice in Australia. Oh, yeah, they got good candy there, but they don't have the peanut butter cup. I bet they'd make a hell of a peanut butter cup if, if they did, because their chocolate there is great. 
Yeah, let's introduce it. That's we'll take over like the little frogs in The Simpsons. Oh, see, see, I've never actually watched The Simpsons. But uh, anyway, uh, where can I say, uh, well, we have uh, Warrant and Gillette coming up, or we had him uh, on earlier, depending on how I decide to edit this uh, this show around. And he's going to be at the Horror Cinema, November 30th and December 1st. And it's going to be Hagerstown, Maryland. It's uh, the best Western Grand Venice in hotel. And we'll have some more information up on the website. Maryland's a cool place. I liked it. Then. Yeah, it's a good place. Yeah. So, uh, what's on your mind there, Ryan? What's going on in the world of horror? Well, the world of horror suffered an annual its annual greatest blow today. It is November 1st. Man. This is, as we all know, the worst day of the year. There's no day darker. No, because you got a whole 364 more days now until uh, Halloween. We're as far away from Halloween as it gets. All the displays are gone. All the horror movies have mysteriously dropped off of television. In fact, the reruns of the O.C. Mm-hmm. Because I do, the Price is Right rule, uh, you know, is an effect here. It's not like the closest. It's the closest without going over. Because November first is over, over uh, October thirty first. Like October thirtieth is, is still one day away, just like November first. But but the November first is too much. You're over it. So yeah, it's like you know, the Price is wrong. But there is one bright spot on the horizon, and that is Horror Fest. Ah, that's true. The wonderful people, the wonderful people at Horror Fest decided, you know, October's got too many goddamn horror movies in the theaters as it is. Saw is arm wrestling with 30 days a night for millions of dollars. Mm Let's just stick this in the middle of November when everybody's going into the middle of horror withdrawal. Yeah, I never thought about that. That's actually probably a good plan because, like, uh, you got all the horror movies in October and they're they're feuding with each other, and it's it's not like people only like horror movies in October. So it's like you know, I've just seen all these horror movies now. I'm gonna watch. I don't want to go see you know a movie about uh about like a fake Santa Claus again. Because how many times can you do those? <laughs> That's never been done. Though. Yeah, it's like this new one's like Bob Claus or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Fred it's Claus. just a copy of the same Claus. Yeah, it looks like kind of like the old um, Flintstones when Fred has to take over. <laughs> right. I was gonna say that Fred Flintstone Claus. Yeah. Yeah. What was Santa Claus in the Flintstones? Because he had to have some kind of rock name, I don't think. No, he was just Santa. You know, they they weren't too inspired with him. Was it like Boulder Claus or something? No, the best Santa Claus, though, in, in Terry Pratchett's Discworld, he's the hog father. <laughs> and he comes around and he delivers, like, like pork products to all the good girls and boys on the oh, Discworld. Oh, I kind of like that. Get some nice slab yeah, of bacon yeah. under the tree. Yeah, and if you ever pick up the hog father... It's it's awesome because I don't want to give too much away in case you do, but they assassinate the Hog Father and Death has to take over. So you have Death and the Santa Claus oh, man. riding around doing the thing. I think you just sold me on, the, on these books. Yep. <laughs> now, Ryan, which do you think is worse? Is Friday, is uh, Saturday the fourteenth or November first the worst day? I'm going to say that it's it's November first. Saturday the fourteenth. Friday the 13th itself is not as strong a holiday. It's not as mm-hmm. powerful. So mm-hmm. the hangover from the passing of Halloween is not as bad because um, it is, is worse than uh, – yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that's like 
you know, this has years behind it, like centuries behind it. But, you know, Halloween, it's all, you know, and, like, the ghosts come out, and then it's like it's over. I, I agree. I think that that's that's got to be uh, on top of a Friday, on Friday 13th. Then it was on, you know, last year Friday 13th came in October, which I think kind of bumped up that, that Friday the 13th. Mm. Not that I don't enjoy the Friday the 13th. Right. The, pra- the practical jokes of Friday the 13th are, are magnificent. What kind of practical jokes do, do they play at the Ryron household? All right. Now, nobody will come to the Ryron household on Friday the 13th anymore. <clears throat> really, the last time that I managed to get, to get anything done was back at college when... <clears throat> I would, I found my, uh, Cassie, this wonderful, this wonderful human being who's still slightly scared of the dark. And if you are not privileged to have a friend who is still scared of the dark, I'm, I'm sorry for you and go find one. We closed the door at the end of our, of our suite, our hallway. So that, and then turned off all the lights in the house so that all, the only illumination came from the, uh, red emergency sign. And then I got into, I don't know if you guys have been, well, you guys have obviously seen it, the costume that I have right. for Halloween. That's my all, that's my all-purpose scare the crap out of somebody outfit. <laughs> so it's, so that could, that could I, double uh, for the, that could double for the Halloween or the Friday the 13th costume. Oh, oh most certainly. Oh, most certainly. And I got into the bathroom, hid behind the shower, behind the shower curtain. So even when she passed by, there was no way that she would know I was there. I managed to follow her throughout the entire house. Nobody, because everybody's outside. This house is vacant. Why? She doesn't know, but it's pitch black outside, it's pitch black inside. I managed to stalk her, Jason style, to the very exit, where when she opened the door, I got all 13 people who were in the house that night to yell as loud as they could at her, and when she turned around to run, I was right behind her. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a magnificent. Has she ever forgiven you? Oh, that's a classic. Yeah, All of course right. she forgave. Well, that's a... I'm only like that. I'm only like oh, that okay. today to you. <laughs> so, um, when you were bringing you brought up earlier, after she got over a stroke, she she. <laughs> you brought up earlier though, the horror fest, and uh, we kind of went off topic here. But uh, you know, last year they did this was the. Um, you know, the eight films to die for, six films to die for, whatever, however many it is. And it's kind of like a, a film festival that you can actually go at your, you know, to your theater. There's a, they're playing at select theaters around the country. I think it's one week only. And, uh, they brought it back again this year. So I think it, I mean, to me it's like a really fun idea. You like go with like a, you know, a few friends and, you know, watch a bunch of movies. Oh yeah, yeah. that sounds great. I think it's eight this year, and they're just they're eight movies that you wouldn't see anywhere else except on mm-hmm. DVD, but you get to see them on the big screen with yeah. everybody. I'm yeah, it is. When, when does it take place? Is it November 7th? You get onto the website. Oh. Well, what is the website? Is it, uh, it's like horrorfest.com? Yeah, horrorfestonline.com. So everybody, you can listen to us type and as we all punch that in. <laughs> and it's November 9th right. to the 18th. And the one that uh, kind of piqued my curiosity was Borderland. 
I didn't even see the rundown this year. I remember last year, I was all excited about this. I didn't know about it this year. All right, so this year there is the deaths of Ian Stone, Nightmare Man, Crazy Eights, Unearthed, Borderland, Mulberry Street, Tooth and Nail, and Lake Dead. Excellent. Uh, which one did you say uh, was the one that you were interested in? Well, now, there are two French movies that are going to be supplemental ones that are like bonuses. Right. And the one's fairly the, uh, famous, right I think, for like being really gory, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, uh, the the two French ones that are not listed on the website, one is The Interior, and, uh, yeah, that one that one supposedly has some just awful gore to it, and then the other one, Frontier. It's weird because it's got this, uh, at the end, it's F-R-O-N-T-I-E-R, and then S, but the S is in right. parentheses. For, for us, we don't understand why, because we're not French, but I'm sure there's some reason. <laughs> exactly. Probably vous français. So what you you the one you were talking about was Borderland. Now what 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 about Borderland is uh, uh strikes your fancy there, Ryan? Now uh, this takes place this takes place on the border between the United States and Mexico, and I've met some survived pretty freaking horrible things that happen along mm-hmm. that that area. Never heard of a film that D. Some of the things I'm not trying to be political here. I'm not commenting on illegal immigration, but there are some illegal immigrants who who have not. You know, this is this is like Jaws. How there's the one shark in the water that goes mm-hmm. after everybody. There's that one. There have been a few illegal immigrants who have just absolutely terrorized the people who live along the border. And this deals with some, I think it's Texas University students who go just to find out what exactly is happening along the border. And yeah, for, from the website, the synopsis is a vicious creature that's been trapped for 900 years gets unearthed during an archaeological <laughs> dig in the middle of a desolate town. Wow. So you just uh, you just saved me from going into the movie. And doing <laughs> There's a carnage. I guess uh, we're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to go and uh, shoot our own movie based on what I just said. I think that's a hell of an idea. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it could be the killer. As the carnage escalates, a local sheriff and a group of stranded civilians must find a way to destroy the creature that only has one mission: complete annihilation. I like now that. I want to know where the hell I heard my. <laughs> Maybe you just. Yeah, I like yours better though. Maybe that's yeah. another one. I don't know, Borderlands, maybe I just uh, got the wrong synopsis. No, no, that's... Wait a minute. Now I'm going to go, ah, oh, damn, this this whole radio show is just going to be us going at this website. See, it's just not here, and we all go to hell. I know. I'll uh, you the, the one thing he forbids on the show <laughs> is we cannot we cannot check out the IMDb. And he won't let me. Oh, yes, you go to uh, horror fest. Everyone's gonna go to horror fest. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I don't know. I'm, right I'm thinking. Now. I'm thinking. Ryan's uh, synopsis is close because on IMDb it says on a trip to a Mexican border town, three college friends stumble upon a human a sacrifice cult. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> all go to this movie. Uh, and yeah. I mean, it's just the mystery. 
All right, hold on. I got another synopsis here. I got a completely different one. This one, Jeff takes over the role of Santa Claus. (laughs) That's it. And he delivers pork pies to all the good boys and girls of the Discord. Man. Oh, that's it. Has there ever I guess there is. Uh, I was just wondering if there's ever been, like, a movie about uh, pork products. But, you know, and and you got the pink heads and, uh... And, and uh, Hotel Hell, which, you know, is an excellent movie. But I do like the idea of this, because I like the idea that you go and you see a bunch of horror movies with, with you know, a bunch of friends or whatnot. And I guess you don't have to have a bunch of friends. You could go there alone, but then you, you might be the, the, this is the weird scary guy sitting in the corner if you're alone. You're with a bunch of people. That's what it's... Depends on if you talk to yourself. You know, uh... Sean Aspen's in that one, huh? In the Borderlands one. He is? Man, I don't know. I think we're all looking at the wrong movie. Yeah, he is in that movie. <laughs> so it's a fairly big movie. Yeah. All right, we've had a lot of directors on this show. Any directors out there who are wondering what their next movie should be? Can do all Ryan's right. You have to put Ryan in there. Scott Goldberg. Scott you Goldberg's list. Adam Green. That's right. Adam Green. Anybody who wants to crack at this one. Now, now in your Borderland. Now, what you were talking about. Uh, do you want to explain that more, or do you think we should just uh, we skip this whole uh, Borderland talk? You know, someone's going to steal that idea. Yeah, we'll just send it all that away for free. Yeah, all right. yeah. It never happened. Nothing, nothing ever happens along the border. Right. Uh, a movie that just recently came out on DVDs, uh, Return to House on Haunted Hill. And uh, if anybody wants to like uh, read some like review of it, you go over to withoutyourhead.com. And uh, Adam Adam Lee from uh, from the UK uh, wrote up a, a review of it. I also uh, checked it out on DVD, and it was so uh, it was pretty cool. Um, a lot of the like the death scenes in it are, are definitely is definitely top notch. Yeah, I mean you got a, you've got like a safe. That's not maybe not a safe, but you got like a big piece of furniture falling on a guy's head and, and it splatters all over the room. So I mean, if that doesn't sell you on the movie, I don't know what does. Oh man, I've always wanted to see that ever since like the old like Warner Brothers cartoons. I've always wondered what would actually happen if you dropped like you know five tons. Yeah, exactly. I mean. I, like you said, I think any fan of uh, the old Warner Brothers cartoons, definitely something they've always been looking forward, mm-hmm. forward to. You think they'd ever... Uh, go on. No, you're going Oh, I'm sorry, Neil. Oh, I, I was just going to say, like, it's... I think the time is good to be a horror fan, because we have, we have the horror fest going on, and then we also have The, the Mist by Stephen yep. King coming out pretty soon, I think. And we have um, yep. I Am Legend. Yeah. That one's coming out. And we got some Sweeney Todd in December. Now, so, I noticed that Ryan and I over at the Without Your Head message board, we, we kind of disagreed with you on what we thought of the looks of the Sweeney Todd movie. But I will definitely. Yeah, I did. did, did and after watch watching that, it's like, well, no, I've got, I think I, I might enjoy this one more. Well, when you first see it, it's kind of offsetting. It's like, kind of like, you know, these guys that. are singing. It's like, what the hell's going on? But I think if. <laughs> well, it, I think I think you guys went the wrong way. You have to see that one before you see like um, 
you know, right. the, the more serious nope. ones. Oh, I like the old, the older singing one. I like the older musical. Just the uh, singing displayed in the, in the first trailer for Burton Sweeney Todd. It reeks of the bad kind of cheese as opposed to the <laughs> I'd definitely give it a chance, though. Uh, Tim Burton, to me, is kind of hit and miss. It's like some movies of his I, I really like or, you know, love, and then there's some of them that, to me, aren't, aren't, too, uh, aren't too entertaining. But uh, I definitely want to see this. You're talking about... Uh, yeah, I'm kind of the same way with him. Yeah, I know everybody was saying that was like his... Did you like that movie, Ryan? Oh. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's actually the only really? one. See, really I always heard everybody like right. saying that's like his his oh. masterpiece, and I I wasn't into the movie. Oh, I would I would have to consider him a master to uh, give him a masterpiece. You don't even I like, like Nightmare Before Christmas? No, that touched me. Oh, okay. Well, you think? Uh, see, I didn't see that one. We, we oh, yeah, you gotta see that. That's actually been right playing there. at the theaters again. I guess they re-released it. No, it's probably not anymore, but. In 3D, yeah. Yeah, and uh, then there's James and the Giant Peach, which isn't quite as good as as that one, but it's it's pretty good too. Yeah. yeah. No, I wasn't too big on Corpse Bride. I enjoyed Corpse Bride. Yeah. It wasn't. It didn't nearly. It didn't have nearly like as much fun or like as endearing as uh as the first one. I think you know if he didn't make uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, that one wouldn't really had much uh, appeal right. to it. Yeah, your anticipation's yeah, real high on that. But you were talking, too, about um, I Am Legend, and that one's actually based off the um, it's based off the uh, the graphic novel. It's based off the, off the novel. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but he um, he stuck pretty true. Yeah, that, that's what the story, you know. Mm-hmm. It, I think like it even has like a lot story. of the same the same uh, well, you know word for word. A lot of it's the same. Which I've seen some people complained yeah. about because they're like when they're reading, it's like there's too much words. But I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are these damn words doing? <laughs> I guess those were the people who didn't read the book and were reading yeah. it to avoid having right. to do they all just want to see pictures. Vampire <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pictures. What this I word? I read the, the novel and then I've avoided the uh, graphic novel adaptation. Just so that the movie will feel as fresh as possible. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Steve Niles, though, uh, his, his graphic novels. I think they're really good. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, he did a real nice job on it. He did. Uh, but Ryan's probably good. That's probably a good idea to wait, wait until after you see the movie and then hit the graphic novel after that. I just, I had to read the novel. I actually read it this year for the first time. Be creating I think you got hooked on Matheson after that. <laughs> I actually I read this collection of short stories with Duel in it because oh yep yep I had to read Duel and Duel's like I'm on a train <laughs> and I'm looking behind me so truck there <laughs> and afterwards I was like okay I'm gonna go get that novel I'm gonna go get every that's where they just read Duel because uh, just recently I watched Duel for uh, probably the first time since I was a real little kid it was on on demand here I think it was even on uh, it was on the FearNet on demand. Uh, you know the old dual movie, and it was like that was so that was so good. It's like it still holds up. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That, that's sweet. I wish that would be on TV more often as opposed yeah, to some like, of these other movies. Just throw oh, that yeah. up there this Saturday instead of the sci-fi. Yeah, it's like piece of crap. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, what, whatever monster they, they dug out of the monster it's, manual. Yeah, it's like, no, I mean, he, he made a serious movie. <laughs> it might have been made for TV, but, like, you know, it's it's got a lot of, uh, you can see that the guy who made it, you know, Spielberg has a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, talent. Mm-hmm. You think these guys that, you know, get a chance to make a made-for-TV movie nowadays, you know, would, would try to make something that, would, you know, it's worthwhile that would hold up, but a lot of this kind of throwaway movies. Yeah, yeah, you hardly yeah. remember any of them. It's, I think it's weird today to tell somebody, like, oh, you're going to see this movie that was, you know, it's a made-for-TV movie. I think most people say, you know, would just think, well, you know, why would I want to watch a made-for-TV film? Yeah, because the stand rocked. I think why. the miniseries yep, are a little yep. different. The miniseries are a little it. different than this made for TV. Uh, you know, the miniseries like it. Okay. I mean, to me, that's not really made for TV movies. The miniseries is whole is a little more. Uh, that's a little better. I wasn't big. I wasn't big on the stand though. On the miniseries. Oh, really? On the book or on the miniseries? I, I liked it all up until the end. I thought it's a just. To me, it felt like the end was really uh, rushed. They just blew him up. I love that dude who plays oh, yeah. the uh, trash can man, though. Oh, he's awesome. Uh, he's I see him all over the place. Was he Max Headroom? Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I think he was. Excellent. What happened to Max Ever, ever after, any time he pops up in anything. He was the voice <laughs> of the Pink Panther in a cartoon. I immediately missed him. That's Trash Can Man. Trash Can Man is a big Panther. And like he well, remember when he Dawn was of the in Dawn of the Dead? Yeah. Yep, yep. That was he shows awesome. He up in the Dawn of the Dead remake as the dad who's only there to die and traumatize people. And like, hey, trash Can Man. No, you didn't bite the Trash Can Man, did you? Oh, man. By unlucky for you. Yeah. Go on, man. Oh, and then... Oh, dumb. Oh, who, who's who's the guy that's in, in charge of like the uh, the bad group of people in Vegas? Oh, I can't think of his name, but He's, but the actor that played him did a real good job in that too. Yeah, I uh, guiltily I call him Lance Henriksen Jr. <laughs> whenever whenever you have a role that you really want Lance Henriksen for, right. you can't get him. You get this guy, <laughs> and he does a bang up job for you. So if you get the movie going for um. Oh, what is it? Is it oh, Night Flyer or whatever? And and you can't get Lance. You get this. <laughs> Lance Henriksen. Though, that's uh, I think he's actually an underrated actor too. I mean, I know everybody knows him from horror movies, but uh, I think he's yeah. a good actor too. He's not just a guy that shows up in horror movies. He looks good. No, no. In fact, he's a guy who shows up in horror movies. And <laughs> I mean, he's got a good look for horror. <laughs> I want him Michael. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize he was in uh, Omen, um, you know, D- Damien Omen too. I watched that recently on uh, on demand too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty young in that. Oh, he's still, like, he's still like basically the same. Do you think they'll remake it? Yeah, yeah. I still want him and and Michael Iron. I'm sure they must have been in a movie together. We'll have to do a little uh, Six Degrees of uh, of really? Lance Hendrickson. Yeah. <laughs> do some research <laughs> for me. The one degree of Lance Hendricks. But uh, do you think that you know, they, they remade uh, uh, Omen? I don't think it really did very well. Yeah, I think of all the horror movie remakes, I read that mm-hmm. just completely collapsed. 
Just, uh, I guess at the, uh, I didn't see it because why the <laughs> hell are you remaking the Omen? But, yeah, uh, exactly. They, I guess in the opening they used the 9-11 attacks as part of the prophecy or something, and that offended like, right. every special interest group in New York. Oh, man. And New York is a huge market for major motion pictures, so you had so many people protesting that they didn't do well in that state. And they did poorly everywhere mm. else. Like just sort yeah, of just, I don't know, just, uh, I'm just trying to kind of dull. Mm. How long do you think it'll be before they remake, like, did, uh, Well, they did the that Exorcist. new Exorcist, which they actually did twice, which was kind of weird, because it was like Exorcist 4 or 5, I don't know what it was. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was actually Nobody a prequel. And then prequel. it came out, and, like, the guy that originally made oh. it didn't like it because, like, they recut the movie or, or, like, halfway through someone else took over. And and so then later on they put out his version of the movie, and, like, it had the same cast, but, like, some of the people played different roles, I think. And it, it was kind of neat, though, to, to look how, like, wow. uh, someone, like, two different people could make the same movie, but, you know, like, they're different takes on it. I did think the second one was the second version of the same movie was better. But it wasn't very good. I did... No, I did think Exorcist 3 was good. The second one was terrible. The third one was... They made that you know, not third? that long ago. Where they, they kind of came back to the same character. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and the priest yeah, isn't yeah. like... I thought that one was pretty good. Asylum or something? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, that's a really bad movie. That just boring as hell. I think the... (laughs) Yeah. Anytime you get Richard Burton in a movie that isn't like a period piece, it's like, don't bother, you know? (laughs) He's going to bore you to death. He's going to be there with his brandy (laughs) sniffer going, blah, 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 blah. I think the reaping just came out on DVD. I remember that got like... uh, I used to see ads for that all the time on, like, all, all those DVDs, and it must have been a, a pretty big flop because mm-hmm. I don't remember doing anything at the theater. Oh, Which one I was told that? you back when it came out, what kind of a killer <laughs> for a horror movie is God? You can't beat that one, you can't run from that one, and the plagues suck as killing mechanisms. Oh, that's if, if, if you close your window, <laughs> right. you shut out at least half of the plagues. Like, yeah, not quite as deadly as they once were. Through your door. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Troy. No, no, no. I, I remember we were talking about that, like those things that were deadly in, like, you know, the B.C. period. Yeah. Not quite so scary now. Yeah, I got Storm a generator windows, in my... killing most of them. I got a generator and a boiler in my basement. I've got bottled <laughs> water and, like, freeze-dried food. What are you going to do? And that... Oh, no, away. plague of locusts. I'm just going to shut my door and go Those locusts look so computerized, too. <laughs> Are they dead yet? In the ads. No, I haven't I seen the actual movie, but... I heard Terry Gilliam talking about, like, it was some type of commentary thing, and um, it was, like, an interview, I think, with uh, Salman Rushdie, actually. And uh, he was saying that, like, when um, Jurassic Park first came out, like, that, it was so impressive, all the, all the computer animation. And, like, you know, you'd look at it like you were in awe. And then, like, after that, it seemed oh, like... Yeah. It, like, uh, I don't know, like, they've done, like, uh, not as good a job with it. You see it, it's more prevalent, but it's, instead of improving, it's just, I think you see more of it, but not necessarily you see it better. Yeah, yeah they kind of regressed, I think, as far as acting. Oh, yeah. But sometimes you'll see yeah, great stuff, you know, like Lord of the Rings or 300. 
Yeah, I think I a lot of work and a lot of. Not to say I think the problem is it's probably so it's easier to do now, so everybody can do it. But that doesn't mean that it, you're going to do it well. Yeah, these mediocre studios came in to fill the demand after a few movies did it really well and grossed very well. And these studios, the the special animation branches didn't really improve, and so you get like I, I've. To bring it back to the Sci-Fi Channel, every monster they do look. I was just thinking terrible. that. I was thinking the exact same thing. Like I remember all the ones with like giant ants and they have no shadow and they walk across stairs like it's a flat surface. You know, it's it's horrible. And they yeah, and they're like bright. They're brighter <laughs> color than a plastic ant would be. Mm-hmm. Like a puppet would actually look better, and then yep. that is a lesson that some some guys could take from right, that. Right, right. Yeah, originally, the movie was going to be all animatronics. Mm-hmm. The whole movie it was going to be kind of well. First, it was almost going to be like uh, stop it, stop motion, you know, kind of like a Ray Harryhausen type of thing. And then, like you know, they realized that it, even as good as you can make it, it was still going to have that kind of you know claymation look to it. So there's like a lot of different things going on in that movie. And I, I wish that more studios would kind of recognize that it doesn't all have to be computer animation. And if you make it, if you use an animatronic or a puppet, it can look really, really good. Like what Ridley Scott and his crew uh, oh, God, pulled yeah. off in Alien. Uh, that yep. was a hundred times better than, like, I. Troy, you know I love Stephen King. But mm-hmm. some of the special effects in the Mist <laughs> commercials, they look Oh, really yeah. Bad. I know, I hear you. Some of the big bugs look pretty cool. I, lo- mm-hmm. I love King. I love the short story of the Mist, and I, I want to mm-hmm. see it. But, like, some of those effects, why? why? They look pretty budget. I'm hearing you. Well, just look at, like, um one one of my favorite, well, anybody's favorite, like, weird monster creature. You know, his job of the hut. He was a Muppet. I did see you know, actually some of the stuff in How Return of the Jedi looked though. too much like a Muppet, but Jabba the Hutt looked awesome. And, I mean, he, he kicks ass of the Jabba the Hutt that they, mm. they you know, CGI'd into, uh, into the, the original movie. That looks awful. That's embarrassing. Oh, he looked like you know, When he had souls walking around and he steps on his tail and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. But we actually, speaking of Jabba the Hutt, we've got a caller here. we got Raul Duke. Oh, um, oh man! Jabba the Hutt segues into the Duke uh, calling from me. Flatters. <laughs> President of the Jabba the Hutt fan club, I man. Right. Oh yeah. When is it? Not Jabba the Hutt. Well, Jabba the Hutt. That was a good gimmick. <laughs> it was. Yes. Or would you be more of a salacious crumb? Maybe. Depends. Uh, I always thought that was an Tuesday or Wednesday. I just wanted to, um... So what's on your mind, Raul? Do you anything, uh, especially for Halloween? Yeah, um, well, actually, uh, I interviewed Chris oh. Jericho from In Your oh, Head of Mind. And I listened to that. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, for the record, I do have that uh, on my MP3 player, but I guess because the whole time yeah. zone, basically, you had that interview at, uh, at like, 11... PM for me. So. <laughs> right, it was pretty nice. Yeah. yeah, it was even like 1 a.m. I think. Oh man. Okay. What were you up to? But that so, night, what did you do for Halloween? I uh, went out to like a, a dress-up party, and I went as Rail Duke, <laughs> the actual character Rail Duke. <laughs> oh, okay. Right, not just as I yourself. Thought, yeah, you went as yourself, and you just had the cocky hair to pull it off. 
Yeah, me. What are you? That would work. <laughs> I don't know. I do occasionally walk, go out in public wearing bucket hats with a cigarette holder, and I just kind of fit in. So maybe I didn't technically go dressed up, but just went as myself. <laughs> no martini. Yeah, the uh, the wild turkey and mezcal on the side. <laughs> Naturally. Did, uh, what, what were other people dressed as? Was there anything like in particular that like a lot of people went as? I'm not even making this up, but someone went dressed up as a tampon. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It was like he had like a white like tube suit on with uh, with science goggles, and he basically poured like corn syrup like with red dye <laughs> down his hair. Wow. <laughs> it, it was a sight, I have to say. And that goes. That gets, that gets my vote for the costume of the night. That completely made Halloween for me. Right. Speaking of, like the whole costumes, we get the little uh, the Halloween uh, costume contest over and without your head. Com. Uh, today's like the last day, so if you if you want to enter, send in the picture, and I'll put it up. Then we'll start like uh, the voting tomorrow. Who's the king of the segue tonight? Oh man. I think that one is probably a little better than Jeff. Uh, <laughs> here we go, bro. I don't know. I'm like kind of the top. <laughs> um, uh, what do, what were you guys like favorite costume you ever like dressed up as? A, you know, either as a kid or you know lit later on, like at a party. I went as Jason one year. I mean, that's only certainly like, I mean, it's quite a popular costume. But that was probably my right. favorite Halloween ever. I think I was like thirteen. Um, let's see. I, I usually wore the little cost. I think I went as E.T. once and Yoda. Um, I remember the first Halloween party I went to was actually uh, the fleet. Uh, Troy here took me. I was a little kid. And I went as a pirate. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. One year a at, fake at a beard party, going to patch I did the bald wig and suit thing and did the Alfred Hitchcock, which was kind of cool. No, I like that yeah. idea. That's a good one. Ryron? I was I was notorious for uh, going as a character that I'd made up as early as, like, right. seven years old. I'm like, I'm Valak the Immortal. And I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> well, I just I wrote a story you, about him in my kid. journal, and I'm him. <laughs> yeah, but uh, i got to say, the most common that I've gone as is definitely Jason. I've done that at least for four, at least four years. Mm. This, I never went as Jason. I don't think I went in, uh, like an E.T. I don't think I ever went as a serial killer or like a slash or anything like that. I think you went more like the um, the science fiction than the... Yeah, uh, I did. I used to like that one mask, actually glue. It would glow in the dark. You put batteries in it. Hmm. probably still have it somewhere. I used to collect masks, but uh, I don't know where they are. They're probably downstairs all moldy now. But The best one I saw though cool. this year was um, one kid... It's probably, I want to say eight or nine. Um, and I don't even think he knew the character. I think the parents just dressed him up. <laughs> and it was like the best use of glow sticks I had seen because he was, uh, he was Tron. And oh, man, Tron. It was brilliant. You know, it just All looked right. so cool. That's awesome. Mm. That, now that, that's thinking outside the box. I didn't think like people even knew who Tron is. I don't me. think the kid did. He he wouldn't have known who he was. Either, but, it's you know. probably like his his dad was yeah. like, "Hey, you're going to is Tron." Trying. Like, who? What's Tron? Do it, kid. <laughs> it's Neo for well, dad. That was like that was like the parents that were dragging the kids to the Transformers, and the the kids were like, "I don't want to see the Transformers." They're like, "Come on, it's Optimus Prime," you know. And it's all these guys in their early thirties, you know. And, 
The kids are like, oh, I don't give a shit about, you know, nothing is prime. Right. One time at school, I was in the sixth grade, uh, in this Miss B's bunker, in this Bellavo. Uh, we called it the Miss B's bunker because it was, uh, it was, uh, the school was run out of space and they actually put a, a room right in, next to the boiler room. It had no windows and one door. I think it was like a, a big fire hazard. It's still there. It's still there. And it was, uh, it was like, Cold as hell in the in the winter and the, the summertime it was just uh, hot as hot as can be. Yeah, unbearable in that room. Yeah, but um, anyway, you like um, they did like uh, you could you had to read an autobiography or a biography of somebody and dress up as that as that person. Uh, mine was Al Capone. Just, oh, cool. Yeah, I was I was in the I was always into the mafia. I don't know what it says about me. But. That's why you're the like don now. You're uh, <laughs> thinking of the kid who reads I Am Legend. <laughs> <laughs> Technically an autobiography. Yeah. Yeah, does a, does a biography have to be uh, nonfiction? Oh, man, I wish I would have thought of that when I was a kid. I could have had some fun <laughs> with that. Could, could you write a, uh, a fictitious biography, and, and would it be considered a, a biography? I think, a I think someone did recently. Yeah, then they get in trouble for it. Then, yeah, because yeah, that person was on Oprah, and like, there's like the big hubbub. Like, you were, they were lying about like saying they did all this stuff, and they really didn't do it. Yeah, didn't like some like 14 year old pretend like pretend to be like a uh, like a a prostitute or something. It was like <laughs> it was weird. I was reading about it. Like, what? Well, the Leroy thing with those two writers who were pretending to be an abused boy. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that, but I don't know. Well, I would just like—I mean, not not like uh, try to pawn it off as real. Just say it's, you know, this isn't real. You know, say you're like you know a monster or uh, just yeah. something like totally like you know that no one could believe. Oh no, yeah, yeah, or a vampire, whatever. And just say it's a my biography, my autobiography. Yeah, but in terms of uh, fictitious autobiography, uh, pretty much most first-person fiction. Is in essence fictional autobiography. Yeah, I guess so. Like Barry you could probably fight that out, though. You know, if if you were good at like, Ooh. you know, if you were on the debate team or something, you could you might win that <laughs> argument with a teacher. <laughs> so any kid listening, do, do that. Do that when you go back to school. Mm-hmm. I, actually, in the fifth grade, I argued my teacher when because we were making maps, and you just like had to make a fictitious country or whatever. And I put a, a glacier on land, and she was like, "Oh, well, you know, race around here because glaciers float in the water." And I was like, "No, they don't." And, and she, you know, she told me I was wrong, and so I went home and I got one of those uh, one of the books we had like on the bookshelf, and I brought it in to, to show her that she was wrong. No, you were one of those kids, huh? Yeah, I don't think she was too happy about that, but no, yeah. usually not. I, I loved those arguments when I was a kid. I would, I would fight out anything. Like I, I was the <laughs> horror movie kid. They tried to get me to draw like a flower in art class in second grade. I was like, no, I want to draw a werewolf. Right. They sent me to, they sent me to like the school psychiatrist to talk me down. <laughs> but the problem was on her wall they had uh, the fifty state flowers and the state flower of Maine's pine cone. <laughs> That's awesome. The, I remember uh, one time in art class, we were just drawing stuff for like Halloween, and you'd cut it out. Uh, you know, it was like the, the outline of it, and you'd cut it out, not like the detail inside. And I and I drew a uh, scarecrow, and he was up on like a stick, and she and she was like, 
really like uh worried. She's like it's like well, well you know, why is he why does he have this like stuck up <laughs> you know, she's like when that and I think she thought I was drawing some guy with like something stuck up his ass or something. <laughs> no, this is scarecrow. Well, <laughs> much Uncle Charlie or something. You know, he does that all the time. <laughs> I think that's what she was worried about, yeah. <laughs> A similar thing happened too. It was like um, it was like in the first grade, and we were uh, went to. Uh, do you remember south on uh, north of is it south of the border? South of the border, place sells uh, fireworks down south. Yeah, and uh, like when I went on uh, vacation, like for homework, I was supposed to draw pictures. So this was like the first grade. So I was supposed to draw pictures of uh, of the trip, and I, I drew when we were driving under like the giant uh, bandito guy. Who's uh, Pedro? I think it's Pedro, which I think they tore down because you know because they said it's racist now. But there used to be uh, like bulletin boards every so many miles saying you know, you're getting close to south of the border, and like you would drive under a giant Pedro, and he's standing there with his legs spread, and you drive under it. And so I, I drew that, and like, and she was like really worried that I was like drawing a picture like under in between like some giant guy's like legs, and I was like, well, what's the statue? <laughs> You were some weird teachers, dude. They had issues. Yeah. I know. That's the society we live in. I remember when I broke my arm. And, like, uh, I remember the, uh, I, was, like, I was in kindergarten, so I was, like, six. And, uh, you know, the uh, the doctor kept, like, told my mom to, like, leave the room, and they kept asking me if, like, you know, someone hit me. And I was like, no, I fell off the table. But, uh, they were, like, bound of just, like, for me to, you know, say, no, no, my brother hit me. My brother broke my arm. <laughs> It didn't happen. On this episode of Without Your Head, we slowly psychoanalyzed ourselves. <laughs> Someone reached me at the post office. See, that's what happens when Raul calls in. Then, like, you know, I'm bringing the psychoanalyze everybody. Uh, anything that recently you saw uh, or you want to see there, Raul? It's coming out soon. I recently watched uh, the re- return to uh, the house in Haunted Hill, and it was awful. <laughs> It was horrible. <laughs> you didn't like some of the death scenes? I did think some of the death scenes were pretty. Yeah, I, I thought the one with the, uh, with the one of the like the mercenaries, the like curtains wrapped around each of his limbs and kind yeah, of ripping him apart. That was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. And I mean, it had some cool death scenes, but just I mean the acting was just atrocious. <laughs> like uh, it was just <laughs> it was just like embarrassing. Like, uh, and you can get well, the, the remake of House on Haunted Hill was pretty poor. Anyway. Yeah, the, the first yeah. one was a lot. Uh, but yeah, that was that was bad. But this one's just, I mean, like it's like a remake. It's like a sequel to the re- a remake of right. a good movie that's pretty much mediocre <laughs> anyway. So why would they make a sequel to it? <laughs> but uh, Jeffrey no, Combs was in. Yeah, that was pretty cool. What you saying, Ryan? What I'm waiting for in remake technology is cloning. <laughs> I want to start getting these great actors who were in the original movie and make them do it again through cloning. Ooh, we get, like bring back Vincent Price and stuff. Exactly, exactly, my friend. You're gonna have the whole. Thing. I don't, you I'm all behind that. You want to make Ray Rindo again? Then you're gonna have to clone <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. You're gonna have to clone Grace Kelly. We're gonna get these people all together. And then you can remake the movie with the original cast or their clones. Well, guys, I, like I hate to wrap this up, but I've uh, been told that we're going to be having uh, Monique on here in a few minutes. Uh, oh, Monique Dupree. Um, so uh, wait for that interview. All right, you all go to withoutyourhead.com. I'll come over there and put my boot up in your ass. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, we're joined by Monique Dupree. Welcome to Without Your Head. Hey, how are you doing? Good, and yourself? I'm doing cool. fine. Let everybody know that you're going to be at the Horror Cinema. That's November 30th and December 1st, and that's in Hagerstown, uh, Maryland. Do, do you enjoy doing, like, uh, these festivals? Oh, yeah. that's it's, it's really cool to do because you get to meet the fans and, and network with people. You know, I just I really enjoy meeting the fans and hearing what they think and whatnot. It's, it's really interesting. So I love doing mm-hmm. conventions. Uh, what's, like, the most... Uh, well, what do people want autographed the most? What's like the most requested thing? Online or in person? Because in person, I think people are afraid to ask <laughs> right. certain things, so they just they, they just ask to sign pictures. Uh-huh. But online, I get some pretty you know weird requests. You know, can you send me a pair of your underwear and sign them? Right. Like they, they, uh, yeah, they, they, you have more courage when you're behind the computer screen, but when you're right there in person. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I did have somebody in person who had a, um, it was a guy that was wearing a tooth fairy costume and he asked me to sign the tooth fairy costume and then sign <laughs> his body. <laughs> so I did do that. That was really strange. His girlfriend begged me to do it. I won't ask so. where he asked you to sign him. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> what happens at the convention stage? Right. Convention. Oh, I'm going now. Now I'm I'm signed up for the convention now. Uh, we actually got uh, someone else in the line here. Who is this? This is actually the promoter of the show. Oh, how you doing? Good. Good. How you doing? I was making hey, sure my girl was on for the interview. How you doing? <laughs> What's up? Not much. Uh, anything you want to tell everybody out there, you know, why they should come to the uh, the horror cinema? Well, yes. First and foremost, there's a lot of things happening. We're going to have Warrington Gillette, who was the very first adult killer version of Jason of right. Friday the 13th. Secondly, this girl is on fire, man. She's Monique Dupree, the first black screen queen. She is in a uh, million and one horror films, Trauma of the Month. Um, basically, not only is she for the horror, she's also mainstream, and she's got a part in American Gangster with Denzel Washington. Yes, I know this is a horror show, but oh, I have to mention fun. that. She is all I mentioned that, too. Jack of all trades, and you got to come out to see her, man. Thanks for calling, Tim. Yeah. Uh, why aren't there more black us? Hi, Tim. Why aren't right. there more black scream queens? <laughs> I, I there really, should be more. I don't know. I, I think that um, I don't know a lot of a lot of black women that I talk to seem standoffish about the whole thing. Like it's supposed to be, you know, something that's that's not for them. I really don't understand. But I am starting to see a few more girls come up behind me and I feel good about that because I feel like I can be like a role model to kind of pull them out and go, hey, you know, it's cool right. <laughs> to be a screen queen, to be a, a black screen queen. You uh, do you know? have more fun? So I feel Do you, do you have more fun playing the screen queen or, or like uh, the killer in a movie? The killer. <laughs> Normally playing the killer. Cool. Yeah. I, What's the best I, I like monster role. you've played? Uh, actually, it's this movie called Bachelor Party in the Bungalow of the Dam. I was a vampire, but my my <laughs> breast had teeth. <and laughs> oh, that's classic. 
And, uh, you know, I had fun, like, feeding the guys, but, you know, not in the way in which you think. So, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was about eight hours in makeup, but um, wow. other mm-hmm. than that, it was... Well, that would be a good job to have to be uh, putting the makeup on for that scene, I think. <laughs> Somebody just commented on one of my photos of my face <laughs> and said the same exact thing. Who did that makeup? Because, you know... Each right. took like two hours. <laughs> yeah, see, really, it wouldn't have taken that long if it was a guy. It would have taken like six minutes. They're like, yeah, you're done. With you, that's why it took like hours. You know, they're like, no, it's not quite right. we got to redo this. Uh, you As you are an upcoming sque- uh, scream queen, is there a particular classic horror monster or contemporary killer that you'd like to go up against, like a Jason or a Dracula? That I'd like to go up against. Wow. Well, to tell you the truth, I wouldn't mind Ted Kruger. <laughs> Ooh, good choice. <laughs> I, I would, I would love to do that. I don't know how I would beat them, but I'm sure that they would write it in a way where I can kick it back. <laughs> Is that one of your more favorite, uh, favorite ones, Freddy Krueger? Because he's also got it. You know, has has good lines. He's not just uh, a silent killer. Right, exactly. That's one of the things that I like about him is that, you know, he's not the, the strong, silent type, you know. he He's funny and he's interesting. So that's why I would like to go up against him because I feel like I could be interesting too and it would make for a really good movie to have us fighting each other and killing people, you know, while we're fighting each other. <laughs> people that get in the way, you know. Oh, definitely. Like, oh, you mentioned that uh, bachelor party in the bungalow of the Dan. Is is that movie available on DVD? Actually, that movie will be available in the next few weeks. I believe it's December the first that it will be available. I just received my copy and I love it. It's awesome, and they have a lot of um outtakes uh, as well in the movie. It 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 was just it was just great doing. But um, he just got everything done, so. The uh, website is miaculpapictures.com. They should have the updates as to when it's actually available to purchase on DVD. Excellent. Uh, did you enjoy uh, doing uh, wearing the makeup, even though it was, like, uh, I guess a long time putting on? Was, was it fun to do? Yeah, I actually, I, I'm actually one of those people who like the, the makeup process. I mean, it, it was a long, tedious process, but... It really transforms you. It, I mean, once you get into that character, you have the makeup on and everything, it's really, really easy to become that person. And I, I love the makeup. I've always been a makeup effects whore. So, <laughs> so I, I love everything dealing with special effects and makeup. And yeah, stuff and like, like you said, it's a really very cool unique uh, makeup this time. Yeah, I'll sit, I'll sit in the chair for hours to, to have uh, makeup. Mm-hmm. I know one you have coming out is uh, Aurea, which uh, yeah, I actually saw in your MySpace as well. Yeah, that that won't be out until next year, but that's actually the sequel to uh, the original Shadowhunters. Uh, so this would be Shadowhunters 2, uh, Aurea, and I play Aurea. I actually play <laughs> the strong, silent puppy <laughs> who, who goes around. Yeah, well, one of our fans on our... As well. <laughs> uh, one of our fans on our message board, El Santo, he was, he was quite a, a big fan of the picture. I really get yeah, everyone loves uh, those photos, and um, I think you'll like the movie even better. And there's a couple of um, scenes in there where I rape some guys, so that that should be interesting too. <laughs> cool oh, he'll go. Stuff. He'll buy a copy now after he hears that. 
I get the coolest scenes in, in most of these movies. I think I get a lot of original stuff, and I really love that I get to, like, kind of set a trend for, for things sometimes. I mean, in one film, I, I shot a, a stripper in her uh, nether region. I just get to do cool stuff. <laughs> exactly. Uh, were you a fan of uh, horror movies before uh, you got into them? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was, and I think one of the reasons was because um, when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to watch horror films, uh, so I would sneak and, you know, watch whatever I could watch. You know, I was, like, forced <laughs> right. to watch Star Trek and Honeymoon. <laughs> I was getting enough of that. <laughs> so, um, you know, like, uh, I, I grew up, uh, there was a love that was developed there, but it's more mm-hmm. so for, I love the effects. I like the makeup effects. I always wanted to know, well, how do they do this and how do they do that? That's do you the like the makeup, uh, like the real makeup, really like. uh, more than, like, uh, a lot of CGI in a movie? Right. I, I believe that, that makeup is a lot better than, you know, CGI. CGI is pretty or what have you, but there's nothing like Definitely. Some, some good old special good editing and things right. as I opposed did. to CGI. Yeah, definitely. I was like, when I was a kid, I mean, I love any movie that the Andrew Tom Savini worked on because you knew you were going to see some really cool special effects. Yeah, I, I got to meet Tom Savini recently, and um, that was that was a boom for me because <laughs> I thought that I was going to have an orgasm when he touched my hand. Um, <laughs> it's sex machine. I'm sorry, and I know that... <laughs> <laughs> All the stuff that he's done that I love so much, you know, his sex machine, right. his little gun comes out of. Like, I don't oh think Tom Savini wants to call it his little gun. Right, right. His little gun was masking it was the, big for the big gun. gun. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> it was Chris Gun, so. I have conventions and movies and all kinds of things uh, coming up. So many right. things I can't even, like, remember everything. I did Heavy Mental mm-hmm. uh, with Silver Bullet Pictures, <laughs> and I played a gangster, crime lord. So uh, that ought to be interesting, and that will actually be out in the next couple of months as well. You can actually mm-hmm. pre-order your copies now uh, on the Silver Bullet Pictures website. Uh, I'm gonna be at Dark Xmas in Ohio mm-hmm. uh, next weekend. So that I'm just I'm I'm hitting the convention circuit. Yeah. No, I was about to say, um, like Tim said, you know, it's not horror, but I have a, a really small role in American Gangster. But I was really happy to have been in that and to meet Russell Crowe and to get to talk to him and you know things like that. So you know, there's a lot of good things. Yeah, are you uh, starting work on Skeleton Key 2 soon? Oh, we we did Skeleton Key uh, 2. I don't, which Skeleton Key 2 are you referring to? Uh, the one that is listed on your website is uh, being attached to it. It's, that's Darkstone Entertainment. We actually yes. finished Skeleton Key 2, and it screened at um, Horrifying in August. Oh, okay. And it'll be available, that'll be available for purchase also in the next few months. I have to get a date from him. Um, he's still screening it at different places, but um, I actually played a bimbo in that role, if you can believe that. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> and I got killed, man. <laughs> oh, the, hey, other, to, the uh, other side of the coin. Is it fun to man. film like a death scene yeah, to, I got to, to uh, be killed in a movie? 
Yeah, right. it, it, it depends on how you're being killed. Um, when, when you're getting killed in something called the pool of gay, it's not so fun. Uh, oh, man. Now you have to see the movie to you see know? what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you're sneaky but, that um, way. I like I like playing different characters. I mean, my favorite is, you know, being a killer, but I I want to branch out and work into in other things. That's why I'm starting to work and doing work in television and um uh I have a comedy next year and an action film. So I'm I'm branching mm-hmm. out. Horror is always my first love. Mm. But um I would like to play a multitude of different characters, you know, whatever I can can get. Uh, he mentioned your website. Let everybody know it's uh, MoniqueDupree.com. We'll put the uh, link up on the website. Enjoy doing uh, work for Trauma Films? Okay, cool. I enjoy working with Trauma, period. I was um, I was happy because, you know, I'm the first Traumet that's ever right. been a, a Traumet of the Month twice. Uh uh-huh. The, my my new set of photos just came out today, as a matter of fact, on the trauma website. Uh, so I was really happy about that because, uh-huh. of course, no other trauma has ever done that. First, I was the the first black woman to be a trauma. Excellent. Now I'm I'm back again. So. <laughs> the one movie I saw on there. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, okay. check, everybody check out the uh, yeah, Trouble so website. Yeah, and uh, one movie I got to ask about too is yeah. uh, Pod Zombies. Uh, was was that a fun movie to uh, be part of? I didn't get to to be a part of the whole thing, but what I did was really, right. uh, let's say, interesting. <laughs> uh, Louis Kaufman is a trip. I love him so much. He's so he is so crazy. Um, but yeah, I had fun because I got to work with him directly um, on Pot Zombies. So <laughs> that I played uh, hemophilia. Uh, <laughs> just to give right. you an idea, I told you I have some interesting characters. <laughs> I had a choice of being fecophilia or hemophilia. So uh, you know, the average person would say, "I'll be hemophilia." Thank you very much. Um, that was really wild. Um, I've, I've had the pleasure of working on some really wild things. I've had the pleasure of working with Debbie Roshan a multitude of times, and I feel blessed for that because I've learned so much from her. Everybody know you're going to be at the Horror Cinema November 30th and December 1st, and that's going to be at Hagerstown, Maryland, and that's at the Best Western Grand Venice Inn Hotel. And anything you want to say to your fans out there, you know, why should they come and see you at the uh, Horror Cinema? And I will sign anywhere on your body that you ask me. Right. As as long as you purchase a picture. You 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 have to get a picture or you have to get one of the movies or something like that. But I, I will I will autograph any part of your body that you ask me to autograph. As long as you're brave enough to whip it out right there in front of everybody um, <laughs> because it's gonna be done in my table, so if you're brave, right? If you're brave enough to whip out the big gun, you know. now you heard me say it. All right. <laughs> I, I found it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be screening um one of my uh, films there as well. Uh, That's what mm-hmm. party in the bungalow of the, Dam- of, of the dam is gonna be screened there um, too. It's going to be screened at Dark Xmas and Horror Cinema. So if you want to see, you know, 
the, the movie where my breast was like eating guys. Right, and, and who doesn't really? You might want to come to horror cinema and watch it. Uh, who, oh. Yeah, who does? I mean, you know, I really think I was unfair because, you know, I got to lure the guys in, you know, with my breath, <laughs> and then I, I ate them alive. Right. So. The no man can uh, it was an unfair that. advantage. Uh, thanks for coming on. I enjoyed it. We keep here for one second. Yeah, really. Uh, thanks for coming on. It was a lot of fun. Love to have you back sometime. Well, thank you. Yeah. Hey, this is Charles Ban, and you're listening to WithoutYourHead.com. All right, and we are joined by Warrington Gillette. Welcome back to Without Your Head. Hey, thanks for having me. How back. you doing? Uh, everything's cool up in New York City, beating the streets. Uh, excellent. Let everybody know that you're going to be at the uh, Horror Cinema, and that's going to take place November 30th and December 1st, and that's in uh, Hagertown, Maryland. And um, for more information, you can uh, you can go and check out our MySpace, and uh, we'll have some information up there. You can check out our website. Um, do you enjoy doing these uh, like these festivals? Yeah, I think they're fun. You kind of get get the point of view of the fan, and. Um you know, it's nice to see him, talk to him, have a drink with him. You know, it's it's very flattering that somebody wants a picture of you uh, with your signature on it. Mm-hmm. You know, you you always leave in a great yeah. mood. What's like the most requested thing to get? Like, what do people request the most? The like the autograph. Well, you know, you you gotta. Um, really realize that it's all about the, the face, the Jason mm-hmm. face. That's really what people want. It's not like it really was at my likeness and had a big <laughs> acting role that everybody could relate right. to. So, you know, they want a picture of the likeness of Jason Voorhees. That's who they like. That's, you know. So uh, consistently they want it. They just want you to sign it. It's a little collector mm-hmm. item, memorabilia. And the, the the universal question is, oh, my God, how long did it take to put that on? <laughs> how long did it take to make that right. face? Who made that face? Oh, my God. And you got to give them credit. If people are still talking about it 20-some years oh, later, yeah. I, they did a good mm-hmm. job. Yeah, at least no one just comes up to you and says, wow, you, you know, you get a lot of work done. You look a lot better than you did in, uh, in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of work done. <laughs> Spent some time in the dentist's <laughs> office. Did you have a question, Ryan? Yeah. Oh, go on then, sorry. Yeah, old Jason had some gnarly teeth. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you save any of that stuff? You know, I, I did for a number of years, but, you know, I had it in a box, and oddly enough, I'm living in Malibu, and the goddamn uh, Santa Ana winds kicked up, and before I knew it, my my place was engulfed in flames. Everything I had burned up. So oh no, I lost you know a bunch of my stuff and and the, you know the denture yeah. plates that they made for me. Some of the clothes, you know, I had hung on to it probably for ten ten years going into mm-hmm. the fire. Yeah, it really. But those damn fires keep kicking up, kicking up. Kicking yeah, it really sucks because you know that's you can never replace those, obviously. No, no, but we we got a lot of memories, got a lot of memorabilia, and as I said, it's it's shocking. There are people looking at it for the first time. You know, people seventeen, eighteen, they go, "Oh my uh-huh. god, it's crazy." Do you think? Well, where did Jason start? I mean, a hockey mask is a hockey mask, but you know, it's it's, it's more interesting to 
get that mask off and, and really see what, what does this man look yeah, like. Yeah, people want to see, yeah. Uh, do you think, like, some of the other sequels kind of kept true to what, to, what, uh, to what he looked like in the early films? No. No, I think the franchise just went on its own course. You know, they, you know it, got, it got crazy. It got unplausible. Right. You know, he's in outer right. space. So he's, okay. he's getting shot a hundred times, and it doesn't even uh-huh. feel it. Um, you know, now you're starting to make him cartoon-like, where back in the days of Camp Crystal Lake, he was plenty scary because mm-hmm. he, oh, yeah. he was real, very plausible, and that's when something is scary. Mm-hmm. When you make him a cartoon, well, then kids are laughing at it. And, you know, when I'm a kid looking at some Hitchcock films, it, there was nobody laughing at yeah. all. Do you think that's a difference in the yeah, audience today? Because a lot of times if uh, people laugh, like, during a horror movie at places where you're supposed to be scared instead of, uh, you know, screaming. Yeah, I don't get that. I think um, I think people... And oddly enough, in, in the way the world is going on now with all these conflicts and, and Americans dying and human suffering going on, I, I mean, people want to go to the theater and they want to see it. And they, they want to pay. They want to see humans you know, suffering and getting killed, you know, like, like the success of Saul. I mean, uh, it's shocking, mm-hmm. you know, and then they laugh and then they clap and they think it's funny. I mean... <laughs> I'm the old school. People pay. They want to get scared. They want to scream. And, you know, I love the classics that, you know, scare you by doing right. nothing. Uh, it's actually, it's, uh, in, the, in the book 1984, there's actually, when they go to the theater, it's basically just all violence and the, the whole uh, theater is laughing and jeering. It's, uh... I know. I don't get it. I'm another generation. Right. You know, Rob Zombie, Devil's Rejects. I mean, uh Dawn of the Dead and these zombies are crawling out of the earth and running around and they're slugs, they're worms, they're, I mean, what happened to the birds, right. you know? <laughs> what do you think makes Jason such like an enduring villain? Why he's lasted so long? Well, that's a good question because they, they certainly hit this formula right on the head. I, I you know, I don't quite know, but the, the character just just <laughs> has longevity that's that's shocking. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Fred, maybe it's got a unique name, you know, Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, everybody sort of knows that's a that's a scary day. So that will Friday Thirteenth will keep coming until we're all dead and gone. Oh, they'll keep right. coming. So I think that the the date is kind of interesting, and then this character, you know, this this killer, it, it, it's just, uh, I can't explain it. It's got a whole lot of elements that, that intrigue people. Are you familiar with with the Cropsey legend? No. Uh, they say, you know, that's actually what, what kind of what the, the Jason character is uh, based off of. It's like a real legend in New York. And uh, this, uh, the movie The Burning and uh, Mad Men were also uh, based off the same legend. Yeah, there was another uh, true story that was going on in Texas, and a guy was a serial killer running around with a potato sack on his head with one hole right. in the eye. So um, I forget the name of the film that got made a long time ago that dealt with that, but I know that was somewhat the foundation of, of this mm-hmm. character. More just uh, the look, look-wise, you know, probably. 
Yeah. I guess, you know, Toddy drowned, but grew up I in the woods. Make... Guy growing up in the woods, that's Yeah, cold. definitely. Because, you know, that's something that people that's always... everybody's worst fear, to be, be lost in the woods and have to right. live out there. <laughs> have you ever met anybody that uh, says, like, that that's a bad stereotype of uh, people who do live out in the woods? No, okay. Never. Never. I've <laughs> never even heard anyone uh, criticize Jason, except they criticize some of the later ones where they say it's like a joke, like it's yeah. ridiculous. You know, like, how come he can't be killed if you burn him or shoot him a million times? Or, you know, why, why, how come he, he uh, can't die? Mm-hmm. I go, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I th- yeah, I mean, once you shoot a guy up into space, I think you pretty much run out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, Jason going to hell, Jason going here and going there and, Hey, you know, I think you got to take a few steps back and go back to basics. Yeah, do you think you could, or do you think uh, they would just have to do, like, a, a remake, kind of like they did with Halloween? Yeah, I think you got to remake it. You know, history always repeats itself, and it, it uh, trends, particularly in fashion, and you'll go back, and and you'll, you'll reinvent a, a certain style, a certain way of doing things, and you just revisit it, and it's all of a sudden exciting once again. I mean, there are films I see all the time that take a little bit from from each, like this Taking Lives, Angelina Jolie. They were a little, they stole parts from a, a lot of the classics mm-hmm. in that. So I don't know. I, I, I personally think they got to go back to basics. Yeah. Make him scary. Yeah, put him back well. in the woods. Yeah, back in the woods and, uh, you know, let, let the mayhem continue. Were you surprised by the success <laughs> of uh, the Halloween remake? Yep, absolutely. Were we? Absolutely, and I'm I'm uh, happy for Rob Zombie that uh, he yeah. did so well. You think that'll uh, you know help? Uh, I guess they're already planning on a remake of uh, Friday Thirteenth. Yep, I think they all help each other. There's a lot of synergy in that mm-hmm. genre. You know, whether it's Freddy, whether it's Jason, or Mike Myers, you know, it keeps people moving. Do you think? Um Keeps them moving, keeps them going. When they remake the movie, do you think um, they, they kind of remake it the, the way the original one was, where it's a mom? Do you think they'll kind of be, uh, think that they have to have it with um, with Jason Voorhees in it, because that's probably what most people will be expecting? Oh, yeah, they got to keep Jason Voorhees in it. He's the uh, foundation mm-hmm. of the brand, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I just think people would feel, uh, in, even though the original one is about the mom, I think if, if they remade that one and made it about the mom, I think a lot of people would be, uh, they'd feel like ripped off. Or, yeah, because yeah, I, yeah, I don't think yeah. a lot of the fans, well, I'm sure they, they realize it is the original one's about the mom, but I think some of the younger fans, you know, really just uh, think about Jason when you think of Friday the 13th. A lot of the new fans don't even know he had a mom. They don't even know why. One guy asked me the other day, well, why is Jason killing everybody? Why? <laughs> he goes, well, I don't know why, but I sure as hell like watching him doing it. <laughs> That's goes, all well, really you know, He had a mother, and the mother, you know, right. whatever. Never even knew it. There's a guy like 26 years old, follow the brand, mm-hmm. never knew. But, you know, go back 20 years, I mean, you know, people are five. Yeah. Oh. Do you think, like, uh, DVDs and, uh, I guess VHS first, but DVDs really uh, help keep these movies alive and let, uh, like, a new generation uh, find them? Yep, absolutely. And the quality. 
And then the 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 uh, we, you know when Paramount introduced the uh, DVD box set, then people could see you know the making of them, interviewing some of the characters that all participated in it, and then you'll see these trailers in the front of the DVD. So that kind of brings people up to date on the on the making of yeah. them all. You know, as opposed to just trying to go to the store and getting the old VHS that's 20 years old. Now, they had, they had to re-release it on the DVD with a little history so it all makes sense to Yeah, them. that box set uh, is pretty nice. Uh, I wish they would have had, um, like, the um, commentary track in all the movies. I think there's only two of them that actually have the commentary. Right. Are, are you surprised that, um, like, DVDs now have making of and, like, show so much behind the scenes, do you think? that takes away anything from it or just makes you uh, appreciate the movie more? No, I think people like to see it. It, it adds another dimension. It, it helps cultivate the, mm-hmm. the brand, the story, the, the process. You know, and it, it's, it's happening. A lot of the big guys are all doing it, you know, with everything from Harry Potter to Lord of the Rings, right. all of them. Did you have something, Ryan? Yeah, already in this interview you've mentioned Alfred Hitchcock and in past interviews you've been uh, you've been very kind towards him he obviously had a different style than we see in cinema today but how did he influence you <laughs> I, well i'm a fan of his um i guess he first influenced me by by scaring the hell out of me when i'm a kid <laughs> and he could scare you by doing nothing so then you get you know then you have something really to worry about and then you found ways where it, it, you could apply it in your life you know, whether it be taking a shower in a house out in the country or, or <laughs> you, you'll always find yourself in one of those spots where you, where you will have cause for alarm. I don't know. You know, I think Silence of the Lambs, you know, uh, was very Hitchcockian. I've uh, written and currently producing a film, Bloody Social, and I'm trying to uh, – take a few pages out of his book of, of, of uh, how something can be scary and have some more depth of character woven in, mm-hmm. in the storyline. So, yeah, I'm a fan, and uh, interesting, he used to, his favorite place to sit and write is one of the most beautiful spots in the world above uh, Milan, uh, up on Lake Como. And he'd stay at this gorgeous hotel called Via Ladeste. And he'd sit out there and look over the lake and get very creative. Is uh, Bloody Social something uh, you've wanted to do for a long time, you know, to actually make a movie? I've been wanting to do it a long time, and i kind of been developing it for a couple of years. Uh, and then we've been talking about it at various uh, film conventions and, you know, getting very positive feedback from the fans. And so, you know... I've never produced a film before, so it's been a big challenge for me to kind of create the project, write it, uh, develop it, and then go out and try to raise some money independently from investors and people to to make the film. So, and, and it's next to impossible to do that if it's like mm-hmm. your first film, which I'm sure you 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 can yeah uh, definitely. Uh, did you have something else, Ryan? So, what is the premise of Bloody Social? Well, <laughs> the premise is, um, unfortunately, it's a uh, psycho thriller that's loosely based on a true story. And so you have, a, it's the little man against the big man 
in America's richest town. It's called Bloody Social, and so the, the, the film takes place in Palm Beach, the most social, most corrupt place in this country. <clears throat> and a, a very wealthy tobacco heiress, she um, takes on a kills her husband so she can run off and marry her young Italian stallion lover. And she's protecting her fortune so she didn't want to get divorced. So she she kills her husband, goes to the south of France, marries the Italian, comes back to town. So the story is about the son who's on a mission of uh, revenge and truth and justice. And at this time they take the wrong guy to uh, whack and sweep under the rug. And there were some uh, conspirators involved. So it's a story about how the son deals with this and, and what is the pathway for him to serve up justice. Uh, do, you have a, do you have a website uh, for people to find more information about the, uh, the movie? Yeah, I do. The website is the name of the film, all one word, Bloody Social. All right, we'll put that right up on the website for everybody, too. And I'm, BloodySocial.com, and you'll like looking at the website. It's kind of wild and uh, crazy. Unfortunately, on a personal level, the uh, person that died, we feel, was killed mm-hmm. was my father, and uh, he died on Friday the 13th a few years ago. And so, uh, obviously, the town do not want us to make the film. They do not want us to uncover this case. Uh, they do not want us to uh, have an autopsy on the body to determine the cause of death. So it's, it's going to be highly mm-hmm. controversial. Is is the is the date then kind of uh, um, bittersweet for you since it's you know the movie you made, but it's also the date your uh, father uh, died. It is bittersweet, but in life, when you when you take a hit, you got to turn a negative into a positive. So whatever you do. You can't complain. You got to get up. You got to do something about it. And so my particular choice was fine. I'm going to create a piece of art. I'm going to make my own money, and uh, hopefully it could be a catalyst mm-hmm. for justice. So you know you'll you'll create something, and then also I'm I'm convinced that she's going to get busted for the crime. Uh, let everybody know uh, again that you're going to be at the Horror Cinema. It's going to be November 30th and December 1st. And that's in uh, Haggard, Hagerstown, Maryland, at the Best Western Grand Venice Inn Hotel. And uh, we'll have some more information up on the website where you can get tickets. And it's pretty good. It's like fifteen dollars a day or twenty dollars for both days. Um, what, what do you think? Of, yeah. Oh, what do you think cool. about the kind of like the comeback of uh, slasher films? I think it's great. I think. Uh it could be a reflection of the sign of the times. I don't know, but it's 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 interesting the the psyche of of these audiences that want to go and watch and and uh, get some relief. <laughs> and and uh, you know they're they're successful. It's in a, it's in a hot genre. Do you right think now. maybe like the directors? Because uh, now now that they're around thirty, it's kind of the the uh, the uh, generation that grew up on like the Friday Thirteenth films, and now they're kind of remake or not remaking, but making movies that you know based off like uh, what they liked as a kid. I guess maybe they're they're uh, recognizing that they could be made you know for you know smaller budgets. Uh, you don't need a twenty five million dollar star uh, mm-hmm. to, to be in it, and they can um, hit levels of profitability. You know quickly and um obviously the market's there 
So, um, you know, create the product, create it for, you know, the lowest amount possible, and um, hopefully you can develop a brand. Have you seen Hatchet? Uh, well, no. uh, the character in that, Victor Crowley, is, uh, you know, a lot of people consider that that might be like the next um, kind of, you know, the next big uh, sl- slasher character. And if you watch, you can see where um, Adam Green, who directed it, you know, is a fan of the, the Friday 13th uh, films, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good movie. Makes sense. What was that? It makes definite, he makes definite homages to your work and yeah. to that character, uh, the character of Jesus. He... I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of having a – I have a public company out there that wants to acquire my production company, and so I'm thinking of them making the shares that are public available to fans maybe at a dollar mm-hmm. a share. So oh, I'll – Keep you guys posted because we may be marketing uh, this this vehicle. <coughs> all right. I'd like to have you know a thousand thousands of fans all owning shares. Right. And if you're a horror movie fan, what you know cooler thing to you know, own part of a oh, horror that's movie? Perfect. And people like to invest in something that's public, so they they got a quote. It, it's mm-hmm. registered shares. It's filed with the government, the SEC. Uh, there's there's a market to sell the shares if they want. They can buy any amount they want, hundred of them or right. ten thousand. Yeah. You... So I'm trying to create that vehicle, and then we'll make it available to people, and we'll find a way to market it so they know how to contact us. Yes, yeah, keep us updated. You know, we'll put the information up on the website, talk about it on the show and whatnot. Well, great. Well, send me an email, Warrington at uh, all right. We will. Uh, anything you want to? <laughs> uh, anything you want to tell uh, everybody out there why they should come to the horror cinema and uh, meet you? Well, if you know they like, if they like the genre, it'd be fun to meet some of the people uh, behind it who made it all happen. Then right. Yeah, there's meeting. other there's other people from uh, the Friday Thirteenth films. There's uh, Jack Marks who played Deputy Winslow in Friday Thirteenth Part Two. Oh, good, good. Well, it, it all sounds great, and I, I guess uh, we're fortunate we have young guy uh, Tim Beal putting it all together. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. Okay. Thanks for having me, Neil, Ryan, yep. Troy. Stay in Always touch, a pleasure. And uh, you can send me an email, Warrington. A bloody all right. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Duckman looked unto the world and saw it was dead. In the gray land of the shade, no one gets paid. No bank accounts, no stock dividends. No talent scouts, cops, or citizens. The thought is menacing. Skeletons on swings. Our minds put up fences. Fire is what cleanses when the population is densest. That's where we drop a bomb, a death sentence. Not another nuke, just a ball of wisdom. The rest has been gone, I've seen it all. I want to poke out my eyes, they are so sore. My tongue is telling me lies about the Cold War. We can take so much more, what are we sold for? Potato chips and loaves with fishes. The scent of dirty clothes and dirty dishes. Unfulfilled wishes, yet still about brag. From riches to rags and body bags. 
Trolls. The reaper will take his toll, a market for souls, no freedom or independence, lack of conscious thought for decisions, welcome to oblivion, your hands grasp for feeling, the wind leaves you reeling, off balance and off kilter, cigarettes with toxic filters, lungs that speak to what lies beneath, the price is so steep, not right, the light is so fucking bright, I take a leap into a screaming creek, the aura of death is claiming me, naming these tragedies and maiming me with glee. Walk on coals made of frozen snow There is an open door This land is spoken for I don't know what you hope for You will not find it We are timeless and bringing a nasty ass virus This is our home This is a dead I prefer to fast Violence is a thing of the past At least we have grass to make the time pass Play that jazz Be amazed at what we have I farm with an axe, carved with a spoon Listen to music off tune in a soundproof room I'm not classy like Freddie Blassie I'll smoke a blunt if you match me But questions please don't ask me The Sphinx will pass me I wave in the sun of the shade Why are we in this place? Drawings on the walls of a cave Lightning that turns another page Frustration, anger and rage it's pitiful, this tiny little cage Locks and chains, waiting for change That will never ever happen in the sun of the shade Never ever happen in the sun of the shade Thank you and good day This is our home